the planet. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Balls. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Out any topic, no one ain't gonna ever ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh yeah. Welcome to episode 33 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Bronadian Butcher. And we're here to <laughs> give voice to your inner geek. Stop it. Never. <laughs> oh, I gotta. You know what? Seriously, people, stop it. <laughs> Do not encourage the man. Oh, oh fine. I'm Jordan Steinhoff. Jeez. Grumpy guy. No, 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 no. You have no name. You shall not be named. <laughs> oh, I am he who is named. I have many names. <laughs> Some actually I respond to. Nice. All right. We did have to take a little break. Sorry about that. That was my fault. My bad. Yeah, my back. Totally, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> my back went out, unfortunately, the week that we were supposed to record. So. So he claims. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't ignore all those photos on the internet. <laughs> Backflips and. Bleach for the brain. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Uh, I can give that pledge drive update now. and actually it's uh still not fully closed but uh i'll I'll explain why here in a second so after paypal fees after bgg fees after our fees of what we were trying to raise we actually raised just shy of six hundred dollars who and who thank you everybody yes that participated whether that was straight up donations or in the options Mm -hmm. or Whatever, whatever shout outs. Yep. Thank you very much. Now I did have to do two refunds for shirts. Unfortunately, we didn't get enough to really place an order for shirts, but come on, people who doesn't want an awesome oatmeal or heather gray shirt with our logo on it? You can try again next year. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> but what I did is we did get a after closing shout out and a rush review. So I just put those in to cover the refund we had to get. So um, we washed on that. So, uh, so yeah, we just shy of $600. So what I'm glad we wash on something (laughs) once a month that often, only if I need it though. Not, not that none of this, whether I need it or not crap, what the hell that's just wasteful. That's why I work at home. (laughs) So I've decided we're just going to go ahead and do the roundup and do $300 to the Jack Vassal Memorial fund. Have not sent that money off yet though. Tried to, their form was is not working. <laughs> that was on their website, and unfortunately, uh, I did send an email asking, or you know, I used their contact form, and I never got a response. But then I started thinking if they're 
other stuff's not working. Did this go? <laughs> so, of course, right now the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund auction is going on on BGG, and that goes until November 25th, I believe. So that's going on right now, but luckily in that whole posting, they just say up up top, because that's what I, I asked. I'm like, can you just send me the email to PayPal this to? There is a an email up there, so... Uh, I will be sending that off here shortly. So $300, people. You were able to assist the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund with $300, and that is awesome. And I can tell you I've also gone through, and everything that we said we had to pay for the year, I've gone ahead and paid it now. And, uh, of course, uh, and above, I actually paid what we have to pay, <laughs> not what we asked for. I did drop down to our the I did drop $10 off the of my media hosting fee. Hosting, I don't know if yeah. you've noticed that on the back end. Suddenly I did it like one day and we were in the green and suddenly in the red. <laughs> if you, you looked at our upload limits, but we're doing pretty good right now. I figured that what it was, or <laughs> we, you just threw something up really high quality that I was not aware of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so far we're doing pretty good staying in there. Of course it helped that we had to take a week off because of my back, I guess. And <laughs> we got some of that space back. So we are doing 10 Going bucks to less once a, a month. month now. Yeah. So. We netted out of the whole deal $33. Christmas party! Three, yeah, like, so, uh, you want a pizza? Going to Pizza Ranch! <laughs> oh, yeah. they don't know. China star. Come on. Somebody's going to have to pitch in. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got uh, 33 bucks left after all that. So, I don't think I'll be doing some of the plans that we were thinking about. But uh, <laughs> we do appreciate it, though. Thank you very much. So, obviously, we are good to go for another year, and we're still here. If you did not donate because you were hoping we would go away, <laughs> suck, suck it! it. Hey, <laughs> we are a match made in heaven. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. So, you know, we are coming close to the end of the year here. So we have our end of year wrap up planned for the end of December. Basically, what we've got is, uh, you know, we're going to do our review tonight. Then the next time we record in the next time we record is the December first, 3rd. first December 3rd, the December 3rd. That one we are, we've got, uh, we'll be uh, showing you hegemonic. Uh, sometime between now and then. We'll and more importantly, a- though, December 3rd will be the return of Don. It will be the return of Don, hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah, Don will be back. Give us a little anime education. He can explain to us what the hell we've been watching. And between now and then, we'll also be doing an unboxing slash preview video for Hegemonic. So we'll get that up on our YouTube channel since our battle rap is I don't know how to use the remote. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do an unboxing video and uh, maybe a quick preview game, our first couple games, initial impressions, and then we'll do a full review December 3rd of Hegemonic. So uh, Minion Games was kind enough to send us one a copy to check that out. And then the one after that, which will be the 17th, December 17th. 3 and 14 and 17. Yeah, that will be our end of year wrap up. Probably no review. We might. There's something we might review. Uh, probably no review, but Chicka we're gonna, bow, you know, <laughs> we're gonna do, uh, what we did last year. You know, we'll tell you what was our favorite things that we, uh, reviewed and watched and all that good stuff from this past year. And of course, we're looking for you guys to let us know as well. So, uh, if you have a favorite moment from, uh, 2013 from all us geeks, you know, cause there's thousands of them. I just, I know it. I know it. You probably can't pick with just one. You can send us multiples. That's all right. We'll accept them. I like multiples. <laughs> oh, brain bleach for me now. <laughs> uh, you know, send in your favorite moments. Uh, again, you can do, uh, 
The phone number, 1952-236-GEEK. One nine five two one nine five two two three six four three three five. You can use the contact form on allisgeeks.com or you can just send it to podcast at allisgeeks.com. Any of those will work. You know what would also be kind of cool? If your co-host would stop laughing. That would be awesome. <laughs> you would think that we've never done this before. <laughs> Can't take any time off with you. <laughs> Miss one up, and I'm just back to preschool. <laughs> uh, you know what? Here's a, cu- a couple things I was thinking of. Uh, you know, uh, above and beyond favorite moments. Uh, if you want to give us some kind of response to this, because of all us geeks blank, you know, w- however you want to do that. Again, you can do it in voicemail or uh, email or any of that good stuff. You do recall it took three months to get our Cards Against Humanity winner. So it's all on you guys. If you send them in, we'll use them. I don't know. We may, you never, I, I'm not, I'm not saying we will give something away, but you never know. Just saying. Uh, and you know, so f- however you want to do that and just basically also maybe let us know just how do, how do, uh, how does all us geeks interact with your life? What, how do you listen to us or, uh, any of that good stuff? So, you know, just help us get a little bit of, uh, into your content here so we can do less work. Do you laugh until you <laughs> cry or do you just cry? Or is it just us? <laughs> uh. And now it's time for a game review. We are going to be looking at. Dark Horse, Rebels and Rogues, which is on Kickstarter right now, goes until, all right, I, I said December 12th, and if technically by our time, by central time, it does go till December 12th at some time in the morning, but uh, the uh, banner ad on our site says December 11th, so um, I'm assuming that's what he put it in. So it goes until December 11th. It's on Kickstarter right now. Of course, we just recently had Don on for an interview, Don Lloyd from Nightworks, Great interview if you haven't listened to that. I'll link it back in the show notes as well. Definitely worth a listen to. Dark Horse was originally kickstarted back in 2011, and you can listen to us talk about that over there. But just real quick, it was the uh, 43rd successful project on Kickstarter at that time. So we do a little conversation about then and now over on that interview. So what we're looking at right now is Dark Horse Rebels and Rogues, which will be the uh, full-blown expansion for Dark Horse, adding a lot of good stuff to it. So we'll be talking about this here. Now to level set, I backed the original Dark Horse. I played it a few times. This was actually Jordan's first time getting to play it, so he was learning the base game along with some of the expansion stuff. All right, so Dark Horse is kind of it's a Wild West-themed Euro. Sounds a little strange, maybe, but uh, it actually works. And, uh, it's a worker placement and resource management. You got some hand management. You got some, uh, variable player powers, all that good stuff in there. And basically it's, uh, kind of across, what did you say? Uh, Kingsburg and Kingsburg and Catan. Kingsburg and, and Catan in a good way though. Yes. <laughs> As I said, when we talked, this is everything that I don't like about both of those games made good. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, uh, Especially in our inner circle knows my feelings on Catan. Kingsburg, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fairly good with. There are times it goes on too long. There's times it doesn't, but I'm, I'm fine with Kingsburg. Catan really bothers me. <laughs> and, uh, all of that stuff, I don't mind in here at all. You're right. It's, uh, I, I 
thoroughly enjoy this game. So the cross in with Kingsburg is that you are, your workers are dice. You get two dice. Uh, you can potentially get three dice. There's a spot on the board where you can get a bonus die your next round, your next roll. And it's only that one roll unless you continue to try to grab it. So, uh, and it's one spot. So not everybody's going to always be rolling their bonus dice. You know, not everybody can go there. And it's just, yeah, you roll your two dice and you decide on uh, which actions you're going to take by those dice. Now, some of the spots you need a very specific die, like the pips have to match up. So if it's a, if it's a, a picture of a die with three pips, you have to have a natural three to go there. Uh, if it's just a number, you can put any any amount of dice there that equal that number. And if it's a symbol of a die with uh, you know, question marks on it. It's just any die can go there. And of course, if it shows two, you need to put two dice there and all that good stuff. So, you know, you've got numbers ranging all the way from like one to know, 12. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, anything. <laughs> yeah. There's really no one on there, but anything to 12, which up to 12 and they do various things. Uh, what you're basically trying to do is expand out your cities and towns and gather resources. So, uh, your cities, uh, go on basically blank square and it's a, it's a map. There's a, a big map of, uh, territory, some rugged, some not. Your cities are going to go on blank spots, uh, that don't have any resource, uh, spots on it. And then there's going to be, there's areas on the map where you can put unknown resources. So they'll go face down and, in some situations, you can put them on in a certain order. They tell you once you start getting used to the game, you can randomize it. That's what I like to do. So we randomized a lot of our stuff. And they'll go face down. And once your city is in a spot surrounded by face down ones, you get to actually look, you and only you get to see what those potential resources are. And you're going to do things like put out railroads and try to connect those to your, uh, and, and expand out. So your city, you can put another city on the end of a railroad. Towns can only go around your city, so they're in the hexes directly surrounding your city, and typically you're going to put those on resources because you can't collect from a resource ever unless you have a town on it. So, I mean, technically you can put a town on a blank spot, and one of the only reasons you'd really do that is because one of the end game conditions are to trigger. One of the ways to trigger the end game is having all of your cities and towns on the board. That'll trigger end game. But typically you're trying to put them somewhere where they're going to give you resources and resources are food or and wood. And of course you need these, like if you're going to build railroads, you need, I believe it's two food and a wood or is it two wood and a food? Two or and a wood. Two or and a, no, there's food in there somewhere. Two or and a food. Yeah. <laughs> two, two or and a corn. Yeah. So you, you know, to build your cities, to build your towns, to build the railroads, all of these things cost resources. And then there's also an influence point track, which is going to equate into victory points at the end of the game. Uh, and there's a spot where you pay one of each, a food, an ore, and a wood, and uh, you tra- change that in for a victory point. Influence point. Or influence point. Come on, man. Shut it. Get your head in the game. <laughs> so you basically, you roll your, you roll your two dice. And everybody rolls at the same time. You roll your two dice and then you just basically you have to make your decisions. Are you going to go ahead and use both dice for one action to get a higher action? Or are you going to split your dice up and try to get two different actions? And you just kind of go back and forth between the players until all your dice are down. And then you go into the collection phase, which is going in order. And then if there's a question of who goes first, I think it goes in turn order. If Because the, there are a few spots where you can have multiple people. 
if you hit one of those spots, then it goes in turn order who gets to go first and all that good stuff. But you just, you do your collection. So whatever your action that the dice is on, you, you take that. So that's the board. There's also a deck of cards. Now, right, so far, we're pretty much still in the base game. With the base game, there was this action deck that has action and events in it. So there's a spot on the board for you to be able to look at that and potentially grab cards. Uh, and then if it's an action card before or after your play, your collection, collection. Uh, you can play an action card. You can play one per turn. And that's, you know, whatever the card tells you, you can do. It could be extra influence points. It could be take a spot for free and that, all that kind of stuff. Mess with your opponent a little bit. Take, uh, influence points away from your opponent and all that, all those kind of things. And one of the cool things now to switch gears a little bit into the expansion, which is on Kickstarter right now. We get some other cool stuff with it. And, and actually, he's added a lot of different stuff to it. Again, it's called Rebels and Rogues. So the first thing you get is this kind of like this Rebels and Rogue character deck, uh, which is uh, filled with characters from the Wild West, actual historical characters. And it explores, he's added this cool black hat, white hat reputation system. And you can hear him talk a, a bit about it on the interview as well. But basically what you do is uh the characters are either white hats or black hats they have those symbols on them and some of them are neutral they can be either and when you when you're playing you get to decide do i want to be white hat do i want to be black hat now being a white hat allows you to do certain things like go after black hats when they try to do bad things on the board and all that good stuff and and get help you you know try to capture wanted criminals and all that kind of stuff while being a black hat, there are certain spots that get replaced with tiles that come in this expansion for your action spots. And when somebody takes that action, it starts accumulating silver. And the silver just sits there and piles up until somebody, a black hat, tries to rob it. And if they are successful in robbing it, they get all that silver. So, of course, somebody around the table with a white hat may want to stop that. And that's where you get into the gunfight. So then now uh, you have this gunfight mechanic as well. So you see he's kind of slowly pulling in more and more of the thematic stuff that he's going for in this Wild West game while still keeping it with the Euro feel. You also have a progression deck, which is, you know, progress. It's it's uh, different things that uh, came to be like steam power and all that good stuff that you can use uh, as the game goes along as well. Now, the, in the base game, the action event deck, oh, and if an event came up, if you pulled an event, you had to play it, and events could be good or bad. But everything out of the action slash event deck was pretty much play and discard. The characters out of the Rebels and Rogue deck, the progression deck, those things actually get played to stay in front of you and continue to help you throughout the game. And then the other thing with the black hat, white hat reputation thing is you can never be both. So if you've really veered into white hat territory and you've started grabbing white hat reputation tokens. And why would you want to do that, people? Come on. <laughs> because you know your opponent is going to be black hat and this is the best way to have confrontation. <laughs> Which, do we thrive on confrontation? Ooh, jackass. <laughs> but if you start... Veering that, and now let's say you're suddenly looking at this nice pile of silver that's on the stagecoach action spot that nobody's robbed. You can't just rob it. Now you have to start, you have to start grabbing black hat characters. You have to start 
collecting black hat tokens because they need to basically whittle away at your white hat reputation, get you back down to zero, and then start shifting over to the black hat reputation. So you can never be both. You're one side or the other. Now, again, there are reasons you might want to do either or, or or straddle the two and switch as you want, but by end game, you get more victory points for every, for, so for every four of a reputation you have, every four tokens, you get a victory point. So at some point, you're going to want to pick your side, as it were, and start collecting those tokens. So that, that's kind of cool as well. And there are some other things that he's done as well. So like we, we were talking about earlier, there's the random face down resource tokens. There's also some new kind of things like hideouts and Native American tribes and uh, cattle ranchers and buffalo herd and all of those little things that can kind of replace those tokens, some of those tokens, and go out. And they have special abilities. And then the kind of cool thing about some of those, too, is their abilities might change slightly depending on if you're a white hat or a black hat. So, again, you can get different benefits depending on how you want to be playing the game. And the other thing he kind of added was some tokens for improving where your town is, which is kind of cool. So as long as you're not on a rugged square with a resource, so let's say you're sitting on a spot collecting ore, your town's on it, you're collecting ore, it's not a rugged location, you can basically take the town action, or the build action, I should say, to build a town, pay a couple extra silver, and turn that into an improved ore spot where now you're going to get two ore for it. Uh, every time you collect off of it. So you make it a little bit better, and, and that's kind of cool too. And then silver, I keep saying silver, that's actually new for Rebels and Rogues as well because in the base game it was all gold, gold, gold. Now you can kind of exchange, and, and uh, it's four silver f- for gold, and you can make change whenever you want. So it's kind of got denominations of, of funds now as well. Uh, let's see, anything real quick that you can think of? No, I was going to throw out silver if uh, if you didn't remember that. Let's see. So there's some new icons that we get because so, now we're doing the combat. So uh, there's like the uh, combat for gunfighting. There's the, the dual icon, which you get to add like it's just a plus. So the combat icon is like a gun symbol. However many guns that your char- your you know, your black hat or white hat character shows is how many dice they get to roll in a gunfight. Uh, whatever in the, it's, you know, it's like a crosshair target is the dual symbol. Whatever number is there, that's a plus to that roll. Uh, let's see. Tough. Tough is because now that you've got characters and you're doing gunfights, things can happen to them, right? And it's, I believe, you know, he's, they get captured and go into the discard pile or whatever, but two us- wounds. usually it's two wounds for most. But if you have a tough symbol, then it's three before you go away. Uh, let's see. There's a deadly weak. Come back, Shane. <laughs> you know, so there's there's a bunch of new symbols that get added, and he does have a little symbol reference card that he sent with us. So I'm assuming he'll do the same thing with uh, when he is successful with this, because there are uh, reference cards in Dark Horse for the symbols that came in the base game. And again, there's a bunch of new action spaces that get replaced. So we got a stagecoach, we got an a, an improved trader or a different trader uh, to replace that. There's a wagon train, uh, the marshal and carnival. And the carnival comes with a D4, which is kind of goofy. It's it's a little bit different. You know, you can get your bonus die for another D6. Or if you get the carnival spot, which is actually a 10, so it's not that easy to get. But if you get a 10 and you take this spot, uh, you get some stuff plus the carnival die. 
Now, since we're dealing with it's a, a Euro style game, but the dice mechanic, uh, you do have ways that you can assist in manipulating your dice to kind of take away some of that randomness. Now, there's an action spot that you can take where if you put one of your, your die there, you immediately get to place your other die instead of waiting for the next person, but you can plus or minus that die by one. That is not a change to its natural state, though. So if there's something that needs a natural three and you've got a four, you're not making it a natural three, so you can't take that spot. There are also tokens. So there are wild tokens that do basically the same kind of thing, but you, you can't have, you can't accumulate a ton of these tokens. Basically, you're limited by the number of cities you have out on the board. And you've only ever, you, you've got three cities total that you're trying to get on the board. You start with one. So you can only have one token, one wild token. And then when you place your next city, now you can suddenly collect two. So, uh, if, if you take a spot or do something that gets you an extra wild token, and you've still got your token, you lose it. You don't get to, you don't get to bank it. Can you swap it though? That's a question I didn't ask. Swap it. Yeah. Like, uh, the spot eight, seven and eight, where you can get the engineer and the, uh, you get the engineer in the wild. I already had a wild and I, it was when I only had one city. So I, I could only have one token. Could I have swapped out my, oh wild no, you, for- you, one, one of each kind of token. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, one I thought of, it was just a no, total no, number of tokens. No, it's one of each kind of token. Okay. So, yeah, if you took that spot, you wouldn't get the you'd lose the wild, but you'd get the engineer. Okay. Which I actually did once during our game. I had I had a wild, but I wanted that engineer cuz I was playing the engineer who had special abilities if I had engineer tokens. Uh so yeah, there's the engineer token. All right, so the wild is that. That's a plus or minus. It's a it's a plus or minus or reroll. Yeah. But the engineer lets you actually physically change the face of the, well, (laughs) it lets you change your die (laughs) to the appropriate face. Uh, so real quick, just to finish up the wild, it's, it's a plus or minus. No, we're done. No, it's a plus or minus to a die or it's re-roll as many dice as you want. You turn it in either or. So you can potentially change the physical face of a die with the re-roll, but you're counting on the re-roll. Yeah. So the engineer is, to actually change the face of the die to what you want it to be. So, you know, if you got a one, you can flip it to the six if that's what you need. And it's a natural six now. Uh, there's a couple spots that are restricted that you can't use an engineer to do that for. And they're marked. The other thing an engineer lets you potentially do is instead of changing the die, you can put it with the die and put it on a spot that normally can only have one die on it. So if your opponent's already there, you can go there. Uh, so that's the other thing an engineer token can let you do. And again, tokens in general, you can only have as many as cities that you have. So th- those are, are all dependent on you getting your cities out there if you want to collect more of them. And you start, I kind of said, kind of said it, but actually didn't say it while you're we talking about, it, but you start with a character. Yes. Not a black hat, white hat type character, but a character. Uh, that has special abilities for you. So this is where, when we were talking earlier about the variable power thing, we played with two of the new Rebel and Rogues characters because we wanted to get in as much of the Rebels and Rogues feel as we could while we were playing. And one of the ones that I got to play was the Engineer, uh, which allowed me to do some kind of cool things with Engineer tokens, but I had to collect on the Engineer tokens. And there was a couple spots on the board where, like, one of them you needed a five, one of them you needed a six, and my ability was I could use a five or six on either of those spots and I could collect or better 
and stuff like that. And I can use my engineer tokens for various things. Now you had the charlatan, charlatan. which allowed you to be a dick. Yeah. Take <laughs> snake oil all over that. I, was, I, I start the game with four e something or other elixirs. The, the printing on that was. So this, like the snake oil. Very hard to read, yeah. but uh, these four elixir bottles and among my powers, <laughs> nobody expects the charlatan inquisition. I could use these elixirs to act as a die. I could put a, an elixir on a square uh, for free, essentially, and proc that proc that square. Well, yeah, the nice thing, too, was the square that you, it allowed you to do, which was the stagecoach, actually required two dice. Yes. So you were using a token to basically replace two, two dice, dice, really. Yep. So, and that, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and then you were able to give me one and to then I could give steal, an right? opponent. Oh, I could do multiple th- yeah. things with that. I could steal resources from you for, well, from the opponent. I could steal silver from the opponent. I could take reputation from you, uh, if you had it mm-hmm. or, or something else. I think there was a fourth thing I could do yeah. with that, but that's, but yeah. anyways, it, it's the charlatan. He's, oh, that's it. He's a, he must be a black hat. The hat in his picture is black and it says that I cannot gain white hat reputation. Yeah. So he is the bad guy and he was fun to play. Doubled you up, twenty to ten. <laughs> I enjoyed the engineer too. I thought that was a good character. So that, that's kind of—I mean, there's a bunch in the base game, but there's a bunch of characters in this one as well, too, with your variable powers and all that good stuff. So every one that I've played so far, I've kind of enjoyed. It's—it's it, it, it's a nice little different take. I didn't feel overwhelmed by what you were able to do. I don't know. I don't think you felt overwhelmed by what I was able to do. So it was—it wasn't like oh, that those characters suck kind of thing. Uh, other than, of course, just the fact that we were both playing them against each other. <laughs> uh, the other thing, uh, that we added in from Rebels and Rogues is the hidden agendas. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. So with the hidden agendas, would you, there's a, a little like mini deck of cards and each person gets four of those and you get to pick two to keep. And basically what those are, are there ways for you to get victory points at the end of the game? And some of them, look, so usually how you can trigger the end game is again, putting all your cities and towns out. Uh, that'll trigger end game and everybody gets to finish out that round or the first person to hit the 11 spot on the influence track triggers the end game and everybody gets to finish the round. But these hidden agendas that nobody else gets to know what you've got. Some of those also have. Not only are you collecting points off of them potentially, or you're working towards collecting points off of them for the end of the game, but some of them you can go up. Oh, I'm triggering the end game because my condition has been met. So I thought that was kind of cool, and it was a nice extra way to be able to end the game because the game can go f- kind of long on base, even with just the two of us. It was uh, taking a while to collect influence and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I found that unlike, uh, like Catan, if you get the dick guy, <laughs> yeah. that's always going to drag. In right. Kingsburg, if you fall behind the loop, like yeah. two rounds, you're, you're just going through the motions after that. Yeah. This, it was a good steady growth. Oh, Unless yeah, you had horribly bad dice for like three turns in a row. Which was and, both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but since we both got it, it balanced. You know, unless you are, are, have no resources, the growth of your resources is sta- is is steady. Yeah, I agree with that because the nice thing about this game is your ability pr- to produce resources are fairly low rolls. Yes, and one of them is an any die. So as as long as they're not all taken, which 
I mean, you get more spots the more players there are, so there's a good chance you're going to be able to produce. Yeah, but even, yeah, else. even on the basic resource production, right. there's six slots. Yeah, depending on how you want to commit your dice. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's this isn't one of those because that's the one thing in Catan, right? You can get really screwed up by not getting proper rolls, and the big thing I don't like about it is the dick move of because let's face it, we play with people that. And, and two of them are sitting in this room that will dick <laughs> over anybody that we're playing with if we get the opportunity. So trading doesn't go well for me in that game. So you really get kind of waysided. You're potentially waysided quickly. You can. And this, that doesn't really happen. And the trader spot is a spot that you can go to and mm-hmm. it's a fixed. You do this and, and, and. Turn these in and you get less, but you get to choose what you get back kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, you don't have to build to the seashore like yeah, in Catan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, even like, even with me for the longest time, I didn't have ore. I'm sitting with the engineer, the guy built for ore. Whereas I had what? All of it. <laughs> I know you did, I guess. <laughs> but I didn't have ore, but I never, I never felt stymied. I never felt like, ah, this, this game is not going to go my way because there were always ways for me to kind of get or if I really needed to. So plus he starts with some more that helped too. I mean, that was his, his one of his things, but so yeah, it's, uh, I enjoy that. Yeah. I can see maybe where some people may not like the hidden agenda part, not necessarily because you don't know how I'm trying to score. I think most people will be okay with that. The, end, the trigger, the end are, trigger though. I, I, well, think. I don't think that's the issue. I just think some of them are, uh, and maybe this will change. There is wording. They seemed a bit mathy. They seemed, uh, you know, I mean, I like seven wonders, but when you go for the, you know, the technology win, some of the, the agendas that <laughs> yeah. I looked at were, were verging on the technology win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I was fine with most of that stuff. I just, and I was fine with the, the behind the scenes trigger for anything. oh yeah definitely. but i could potentially see some people that really like their euro side of things being a little upset not knowing when the game could potentially end but right? it's the wild west yeah that's i mean i i enjoyed it i i liked it i thought it was a good ad i could see that the cool thing though we should be able, we should say about there's a lot of stuff in rebels and rogues unfortunately we didn't get to all of it uh we looked at some stuff we we looked at most of it but we put in as much as we could but that's the thing in the rules that he gave us and in the rules that I'm, uh, from talking to him that will be part of this expansion, he's got scenarios to learn various parts of this. So kind of like a computer tutorial, computer game tutorial where, Hey, you want to know more about the black and white hat reputation system? Play with this, this and this and add this, but not these pieces. And you learn that you play that scenario and then you can go on to the next one. So this is. Easily one of those things where it's like, you don't like the hidden agenda? No problem. Don't put it in. Uh, you prefer not to have the stagecoach or whatever, you know, the, all that stuff. You know, we, we, we both could have had a county bank if we wanted to. So we could try to rob from each other's county bank and we would have had it. It was an action off to the side for us. We chose not to use the county banks this time, but we looked them over and, and whatnot. So it's, it's very easy to kind of mix and match, I think, with this expansion. So if you find something that for some reason just isn't working with your game group, it doesn't have to be included. Mm-hmm. I think that was pretty cool. I think with experienced players, you know, it's just the reference card given. You could throw in all the stuff, just 
from the get go. Yeah. And I don't think it would add a lot of learning curve. No. And one thing we, we should say is that, you know, uh, we talked about while we were playing for just a two player game, as much as we threw in, we didn't get to explore the, the things that we would like to have as much during a single game. You know, it was, you know, we tried to play with the characters and the action event deck and the pro- progress deck and we barely hit the progress deck. We tried to get through some of the character deck, uh, you know, and, and, and get that going. And we never really got to a point because we didn't get deep enough into the character deck to where we could really, uh, do much gunfighting or anything like that. So we can see that being way different with more players, but in a two player game, you may want to scale some of that back. It also depends, I think, on your, uh, your agenda. I mean, my hidden agenda was an early end game phase. So, I mean, I knew from the beginning that I was going to go to end the game early as possible if, if I was, seemed like I was in the lead. So I was just looking for the actions to, to drive myself to a faster end. Yeah. That, uh, that also brings up a point. Make sure you read your hidden agenda as well. <laughs> I did that game earlier. Not that it would have really helped, but when I finally got those tracks connected. All right. So, um, again, what we were looking at is a prototype. Uh, this is on Kickstarter right now, and it's uh, f- going through December 11th. And we will put the link to it out in the show notes. So go check it out. Um, there's also the, he's there's a banner ad on the website. You can click through from there as well. And again, check out the interview if you want. So components. We're not going to really talk too much about components because again, we got fully prototyped components. You know, he sent it to us in in card sleeves because you know they're. Uh, paper and all that good stuff we uh luckily I mean, a lot of the stuff he sent was you know the character the black and white hat character deck is its own deck and so a lot of that stuff was its own deck we didn't have to try to integrate it in with the base game too much there that was that was good but base game components because you got to assume right i mean the hex tiles on stuff is going to be kind of along the same lines the cards are going to be kind of along the same lines what did you think of the components in the base game pretty good uh the map is nice the board itself i should say and the hex, you know, hex versus square, it's, it, it doesn't impact the game. So I'm just, I always wonder why people do that, but not enough to really ask. Well, I don't know. I mean, don't you think, I mean, the hex is nice because of the train. I mean, you've got to do more to make connections and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes for a more, I suppose, geographically accurate or realistic <laughs> board, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a neither here nor there for me, but uh, all the componentry, the cards, you know, um, it's all, all very good. The board itself, the original board is well designed and yeah, well, easy to read. Yeah. I, I like it. I think I like the, the layout of the board flows really well. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the hexes. Like I said, I, I think it's mainly for to build out the railroad and all that good stuff. The one thing that I think is missing from not only the base game, but as far as I can see, not the expansion either score track. That, yeah. That is, nice. that is a, Big thing with me. And when we had to go, I mean, I've got a couple score apps on my phone now because of games that don't include them. You pulled out a calculator. It's such a minor thing sometimes, but if you're going to make me add up score, please give me something to do that on so that, okay, you know, it's, especially if you get multiple people. So right now this is a, this is goes up to a four player game, two to four player. I'll say real quick, Rebels and Rogues. One of the add ons is you can add a fifth player. So that's one of the add-ons. It's not in Rebels and Rogues, but you can add it on on the Kickstarter. 
but scoring isn't again. There's multiple things for scoring, and there's pluses to minuses. Eh, the minuses aren't going to be that bad because uh, it was something like if you have any dice in jail, you get a minus. If you uh, took any loans, you have a minus. So those are going to be fairly easy to calculate. But how you score your cities, is- rail, and you know location of stuff, and, yeah. you know numbers of this connected to that. Yeah, it. uh I mean, you don't end up with a big score, like, or at least we didn't. I mean, I was at 20, you were at 10. So yeah. it's simple math, but right. it's the fact that you have to do the math and then remember it. Right. Well, one to three, possibly four more people also do their yeah. thing. Yeah. So apparently I have regular Alzheimer's here or something, you know, it, it's like you say, <laughs> it's not a little detail and you should be able to remember a number, but it would be nice if it was right there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my only, that's my only thing that, and, it really came to me while we were adding up the score and after you know, I went and I got in the car the other night and I was just like, you know, that's my, I, I have to say something about that because that's my pet peeve on several other games. So it carries through. Now, does it make me not like this game? No. Uh, and does it make me not want to play this game? No, I, I do. I do enjoy this game, but component wise, that is one thing I would like to see. Yeah. So, I would definitely play this again. Yeah. With or without, you know, the expansion. So mechanics overall, you've kind of hinted on it. It takes pieces of games that you don't necessarily enjoy, but you enjoy it here. So do you know why that is? Have you, have you kind of, you know, I've thought about it and it's, uh, I'm not sure why, because it is the same mechanic as Kingsburg, only it's fewer dice, but that's part of it. That doesn't lead to fewer options. I think fewer dice does lead to less AP and that's definitely a plus. You know you're going to get the shaft, you know, because you only have two dice and you look over and if player one has the same two dice as you, as happens, and the rail kind of expansion and the road, you know, similar to the road building, Mm -hmm. this town and city building of Catan, I like that, but then you're not reliant on trading Mm -hmm. and somebody else just dicking you over like that. There is some interaction, but the game will progress well if everybody's just doing their own thing, whereas in Catan, you do have to have a group of people that are willing to to work together so there's less less of the ap that comes from rolling what five or six dice in in uh in kingsburg there's i think what there's 12 options in in uh dark horse and there's what 17 what's who's the king is that 17 in kingsburg you know but 18 18, something like that that, you know but still and again it's a lot more possibility for ap especially if people are kind of working towards the same higher level enhancements for their town. So fewer dice, less AP, sl- uh, similar theme that I do like with Catan, but less dickery. So it, it's a good balance of everything that I like about both games and everything that I've, I dislike about both games taken away. Yeah. I think it is the, again, the, the less AP, but there's still some, cause it, you just get that. I hate this role. Yes. <laughs> and so what am I going to do with it? And we got that several times. The other part of it then is for me, it's, you know, you're building the rails, like you said, and you're putting spots on, you know, you're trying to get resources and all that good stuff, but you're not reliant as much on the role to get the resources because the spot, you know, there, there's a spot for more resources, bonus mm-hmm. resource, or you get the resource, which is any die. Yep. So you're not like, crap, that, that's the resource I, I really need, but it's in a really gold. crappy 
role that's never going to have, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. So you're not doing that and you're not relying on the trade. So those two pieces, I think, are positives for me where I, they're, they're negatives for me on, on Catan, where it's, you know, you're relying on the random role of where you go and you're relying on people trading. Those are the two things that I think have really ruined and slowed Catan down for me, especially since, again, I've always played with five and six players, which makes it an even worse game <laughs> to me. So for this, you're not reliant on that. And you, you, you know, and as far as the Kingsburg, Kingsburg ang- angle, I enjoy Kingsburg. I like Kingsburg, but you're right. I mean, you're, you're doing two, maybe three dice, maybe four if you've gone all the way to carnival. <laughs> but I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out where you're going to go. And, and of course, producing is never a bad thing. So you've always usually got a, a produce to kind of fall back on. So I, I think that works out well. Rules. Right now, I don't have the final set of rules for Rebels and Rogues, so I can't really state much there. I think um, the layout is is pretty decent in the base game. Uh, I can find most things pretty quickly. There's a few things that I've got to search for. And one of the things in base game, and I kind of think I talked about this a little bit with Don, is uh, just off of the rules. Not actually playing. Playing, not bad. But just reading the rules can be a little overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot to kind of read through. There's not, once you get into it, pretty straightforward game, but reading through the rules is a little overwhelming a little bit, but rebels and rogues, again, there's a lot that is getting added in with rebels and rogues, but if you take it from the scenario aspect, you can take it in chunks. So that's kind of nice. So overall, uh, I'd say the rules are, are pretty good. Again, uh, I haven't seen the finalized rules, what the layout is going to be and all that stuff for Rebels and Rogues yet. So there's room for that to change as it goes along. What I got is basically like rules and like playtesting notes. And also there's a lot in there that isn't going to be in the final rules. So I'm not going to say that the rules were unreadable or anything now because I don't know what they're going to look like. But we got through it. We found what we needed to find. Uh, and we were able to play with the pieces that we were able to add in. So teachability, what'd you think? A lot going on. So I think first time through, it's uh, kind of a long teach, but repetition and having multiple uh, experienced players um, would make the teaching go, uh, uh, especially if you just let the last, the, the newest person go last, you know, it's kind of, it's not because it's last is not necessarily a penalty because there's lots of ways to move yourself around. So, so that he can see a full round or she, you know, so yeah, it, it is, there's a lot there to go over, especially if you're going to go over, you know, each square on the board because you kind of have to because you got to explain each one mm-hmm. and all the, the basic rules. And, you know, you, you could have skipped the setup part and just put down everything, but you, you know, you, you gave the rules there too. And, so that's not necessarily, you know, uh, needed, you know, cause if you're, you're just going to pick what you're going to use and then put it all down face down. So that doesn't take a lot, but mm-hmm. you went through each tile too. So that's good. So first playthrough, definitely a bit of a teachy game, but after that, I think the repetition comes easily. Yeah. I would say, uh, once you get into it, once you start playing it again, it's, I mean, you're for the most part, you're rolling two dice, figuring out where to put them. Uh, anybody can pick that part up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the icons get to be pretty straightforward after a while, and they're nice and big, and, and yes. you can easily see them and all that good stuff. Where I think, one, you're going to intimidate people a little bit because there's a lot in the game. 
There's a lot of bits, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's bit heavy, which lots is. Lots of decks, lots yeah. of tile, lots of dice, lots of. Lots of tokens. People, lots and, of tokens. You know, all that yeah. good stuff. And, uh, it's, which is not a horrible thing at all, but somebody brand new and especially a casual type gamer. Yeah. It's not a gateway game. I don't think. No, I, I, I don't think I'd quite put this in a gateway game. Now, I mean, you know, when we were talking, you were like, Oh, I think Sarah might enjoy this. And I'm sure Megan would as well, but it's one of those things you got to approach properly. It's not yeah. like you'd be like, Let's play. <laughs> you see all of this? We're going to use all of this, you know, kind of thing. except this one small bag yeah. with only two things in it. Cause you're just going to get big wide eyes, right? Yeah. That's going to be like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but getting into the game. Yeah. You're rolling these two dice. You're, you're deciding, are you going to use one or both to put somewhere? And, and here's the icons for them. So teachability, rough start, but once you get into it, I think it'd be pretty good. I don't, I don't think it was too bad. Theme. What do you think of the theme? I liked it. The, it very much lends itself to the Wild West. And, you know, there's the, the detailing in the pictures, you know, it does give you the, the Wild West, the Old West feel. And of course, you're building track to connect your towns and to, to other people's stuff. And it's, so there's a semi train thing there, which of course I, I like. It does the Wild West a little bit better than the train train aspect for me but i think that's by design right um i think the the rails is just kind of the thematic the thematic linking component rather than saying you're building highway or dirt roads or something you know right so i do enjoy it yeah yeah i i really like the theme on this one too i think don's done a great job with the uh, wild west theme and i think with the expansion he's really just making it better as far as uh, thematically better uh, I, I, mechanically as well, but thematically better. And, and again, if you go back to the interview, you can hear him kind of talk about it a bit, but things like adding the stagecoach spot as an action that starts accumulating silver that now can be robbed by a black hat. And if that black hat tries to rob the stagecoach, a white hat or the marshal can attempt to stop them. And then there's a gunfight. And so all of these things that he's kind of added in that does give one, more player interaction, potentially more player interaction. And two, the theme. He, he's gone for the theme. He, you know, he, he even mentioned, he's like, you know, we had some action and event type cards that kind of talked about robbing and robbing stagecoach and all that kind of stuff. But we never actually had it in the game until now. So now you've got things like the stagecoach, a couple other spots that can be robbed. You can have a, each, each uh, player can have a, their own local county bank that can be robbed by other players. And then again, the gunfights and the characters are all historical characters from the Wild West and uh, they have their abilities. So once you start using them and you, you know, being able to, you know, and then you've got your neutral characters, which are characters that kind of went back and forth between, between being outlaw and on the side of good and all that good stuff. So I, I think he's done a really good job packing in more theme with this expansion and keeping the more game theme me- per pound. more theme and keeping it mechanically sound. I mean, it all works. Yes. There wasn't anything in there that kind of went, eh, well, okay. There's one thing that we questioned a little bit and that was how a neutral can't, if you've decided to be mm. a black hat, then the, the neutral should be able to rob because you've made the choice to be a black hat. Cause the, the, the way the rules, if I'm understanding them correctly, Don, and I thought I heard you say this when we talked too, only a black hat can actually rob a spot. But you've got these neutral characters that can be either white or black hats. And if you've started collecting 
black hat reputation, I think they should be able to rob. Especially if you're playing, in my case, the charlatan yeah. <laughs> who cannot do white. I mean, that's just, that, that's, uh, it's more of a logical disconnect than a rules issue. Yeah. I mean, cause if that's the no, way it is, that's the way it is. Right. But, you know. but that's just the one themey type thing that we were a little questionable about. You know who's hiring you. <laughs> you know what's going to be expected <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of you. All right. So fun factor overall. I, I think it's pretty out there. I mean, we enjoyed this game. Uh, we have talked about playing it more. Uh, this is a game that I did enjoy when it first came out. And I kind of, when I was talking about Don, it's, it's, it's part of the reviewer's curse is that these games that we really, really love sometimes get dust because the next game needs to be talked about and somebody sent us something and this and that. So we've got a handful of games, you know, and this is, you know, we've got a ton of games that we would love to play. Dark Horse just made that list, I think. If we're going to be able to do it, <laughs> we're, we're, we'll, we'll make the attempt or we'll set aside a day or we'll bring it to a game day, which is what I wanted to do with this. But that was the same week my back went out too. I was going to bring the expansion to the game day, but we have made a conscious decision to talk about getting this back to the table at some point. So anything you want to add? You covered it all. All right. So there you go. Dark Horse, Rebels and Rogues, a pretty meaty, themey <laughs> expansion for the Dark Horse game. It's on Kickstarter right now, going until December 11th. Go check it out. What we're watching. What do you got? Go. Long list. Of I've got a fairly hefty list here. Disgruntlement. Arrow continues to be excellent. Here, here. I agree. Uh, got into it with Oz a little bit today. I don't know uh-huh. if you saw that. No. <laughs> Well, you know, everybody's doing the, uh, angry Oz over at seven days a geek. Mm-hmm. By the way, people go check them out. <laughs> he posted, you know, are every- they paying you? Cause they're not paying me uh, in, in special ways. <laughs> D- does it tickle uh, down under? Yes, but <laughs> so, you know, he posted the picture, you know, cause he's, cause arrows finally getting the domino mask and he was one of the people who says about damn time kind of thing. And I'm like, Really? I don't think it's, I, you know, it, it was, uh, my whole take on it was I'm actually enjoying the progression of Oliver Queen figuring out what he needs to do to kind of be a hero slash vigilante. And some of that is, you know, like. And that heavy green eyeliner just isn't it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, well, that's what he said. He's, he was like, so green mascara is it? And I'm like, and my response back was, oh no, no, the domino mask is much better. You, Totally can't tell who the hell that is. It's so secretive. And then I made a comment about, uh, thank God Dresden is such a great detective. No wonder he's a beat cop. <laughs> you can't figure out who the hell he is. Well, it's all about the voice changer, you know, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, but for me, it, it is. It's like, you know, the, the first season was all about, I need to do what my father wanted me to do and I'm vindictive, vindictive and I'm killing people. And then the second season is kind of into the, now I'm my own thing and I don't want to kill people and just that whole progression that he's going through. And I like the slow build, I guess. Personally. Yeah. You know, we went from longbow hunters to kind of the more traditional view. We're not getting into trick arrows that much. There's been some stun arrows and stuff. So we're getting into the more traditional green arrow as the, as the master archer and the trick shot arrows and stuff like that. And I like it as long as we don't see, you know, the boxing glove arrow. I, I think, I, I think that might. <laughs> crush some of the believability of the show 
But, you know, stun arrows, gluros, some of those kind of trick stuff they yeah. had in the comics. You know, I think it's good. Uh, yeah, and I, I liked the progression from kind of, you know, the Longbow Hunters, especially the Longbow Hunters inspired costume, which was kind of what he had, to, to, to where we are now, where he's becoming the heroic hero and not the vengeful hero. Yep. On the other hand, every week, Agents of the Shield is just a kick in the balls. It's, uh, before she left, I meant to ask her. By the way, if you guys, uh, I, I know it got brought up last time. If you're hearing whining in the background that I'm not able to take out, Megan is not home again tonight. So yeah, the dogs are at the door freaking out a little bit, but we haven't watched in like a week, two weeks. I think I, I meant to ask her, did you stop recording it? Cause I still actually, I, I want to train wreck it through the season <laughs> at least, but I don't, I don't think we've watched it in two weeks. Either that or she's just burying it hard because she's not on board anymore either. <laughs> Yeah, everything they can do wrong, they're, to my mind, they're finding a way to do wrong. There are some people out there that are really on this bandwagon, and I don't know why. Cut the, cut the wheels off the wagon. J- uh, Jason's on it, but that's because it's one of his podcasts now. He's doing a <laughs> companion podcast for Shield. <sighs> you may, you, uh, I hate you to, may I not, hate may to not be it, doing dude. that one much hate longer. I hate to say it, dude. That's a waste of bandwidth. Just you right may there. not be doing Stop. that one much longer. I mean, no. But you know what? Hey, if other people enjoy it, so be it. But uh, no, I, nobody no, should be enjoying I, this. This is bad TV. <laughs> you know there, what? It, it, it's not even a no. Buffy Buffy uh, season uh, one bad. No, uh, this is uh, worse than that. Uh, and I'm it's tell not you right Joss now, if, if people, I am talking, no, sir. I, don't care. I no, am no, talking. No, I will reach over no. and unplug your mic. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> if people are enjoying Agents of Shield. And not watching Honey Boo Boo, I'm good with it. <laughs> well, if there, there's a long list of shows we can add to that. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, if they're watching Agents of Shield and just not even turning it over to True TV, then okay, we're good. Saying, this isn't an it gets better spot. It's a it could be worse spot. <laughs> also, but don't watch it. <laughs> just turn off your TV. Also, uh, I'm sad to say, Walking Dead is really losing it for me. Really, really. Oh man! You know, first up, like I said, I don't agree I, with it, you on it, this one. I, I said it felt kind of disconnected, and but I was willing to give it a, the chance to grow because it's a slow burn show, and so we know that. But it's just um, they had this awesome opportunity to do something with Carol, who finally turned into a character after a season and a half. She grew up and got her big girl pants on and been killing people and teaching kids how to use knives. And, you know, she's been given a role, especially now that Lori's dead. And, you know, her and Daryl, you know, that's cute. It's enjoyable. So she was kind of the high point of the season for me, you know, whenever Carol had some screen time. Because everybody else is just, it's it's bland, it's stale. This harkens back to season two at the barn, at, at the farm only because AMC wanted to save money on sets. You know, we're just going to stay in the prison as long as we can. We're going to throw some zombies at you every now and then. Everybody's going to die. All these people that we didn't tell you were going to be there. <laughs> now we're going to kill them. But it's just not advancing everything. The, we, You know, Rick was crazy. He was seeing Lori, and now there was just... He's sane again, and now he's worried about Carl. And Carl's not being the crazy kid he's supposed to be. And I don't mind diversions from the comics, but if you're not going to have Rick crazy and you're not going to have Carl crazy and you're going to get rid of Carol and, oh my God, don't even talk about the governor. <laughs> who, who really, 
Okay, again, divergence from the book. I'm fine with that. But he was made to be an irredeemable character in the book for a reason. Now, he said he's not going to cut off Rick's hand. He said he regretted that in the comic because it made the character far more difficult to write with. So he said he's not going to do that on TV. Fine. We don't need that. But you, if you're going to make everybody else at the prison bland, you need an irredeemable character. And he made an app to then redeem the governor. Why? No. Give somebody a villain. Yeah, okay, sir. It, scenes from next week look like he's going to revert a little bit, or now he's going to have the moral crisis of, or, you know, well, not the moral crisis, but the, the history crisis. Well, this is the guy that knew me as the governor, but now I've got the nice new ready-made family to replace the one that got eaten, you know, or sorted. So what am, what do I do? So he's going to go back to his ways and then everybody's going to be pissed off. Somebody's going to die, probably old henchman, and then he's going to lose the family. And, oh, and then back to the prison. Well, it's way too long a lead in to get to the last four eps, five eps of the season where we're going to have some drama. I think they really did the governor wrong last year. They, in the one up he's been in this year, they totally used him wrong, I think. And I think the series so far has just been very bland. There's been opportunity for some excellent dialogue and this should be a dialogue driven show there's been some opportunity for excellent dialogue and excellent interaction and it's just been missed at every turn except my favorite episode of the season was two weeks ago when he ejected carol from the group gave her the tour wagon and said away you go that was a really great app except for why they went to the college got all their drugs, and then chose to leave in a totally different route <laughs> from the established safe route they came in, and then make as much noise as possible doing it. Come on, people. You're all experienced hunters. Why are you just going to run through rooms and leave doors open and rattle metal all over the place and start shooting? Why don't you just sneak back out the way you went? No, this is... uh It's not on the bubble. I'm going to see it through and hope for some improvement here in the second half of the season. But right now, I'm just like, ah, oh, you all suck. I almost completely disagree with you on everything. Well, I when mean, it comes to this show. Uh, the I one, know you're generally wrong, so no, that's acceptable. No, 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 no. <laughs> the one thing I will say, it was, it was the the governor episode was a little out there. That I'm not sure, and it's yeah, it's just it's a weird. We're showing you the governor now. Let's go back and let's spend some episodes that way and let's just get away from over here for a little while i don't know i don't know if that was needed either and you know and i don't know how i mean i'm i i I gotta see another episode or two to decide how i feel overall about it but i don't care if they i i don't necessarily care if they try to redeem him a little bit but i'm with you in that it's not necessary i think he he needs to be the big bad i do if not him somebody yeah you know the carol thing was was yeah it was a little goofy to uh, it was a good app getting rid of her, you know, that, that goes back and forth. People, people feel differently about that. It was an interesting, it was an interesting choice for, for Rick to kind of suddenly wake up and decide he's making a decision. Yeah. It's back to being yeah. a rickocracy. But see, now the problem is they spent that next episode where they were at the prison, not letting Daryl know. Yes. And then they, Go to flashbacks. Daryl and Tyrese. Yeah. There's right, two right, people right, involved yeah, yeah. that nobody's talking about. And, talking then, to and then they go to flashbacks. So yeah. now we've got, you know, it's that long drawn out even more. That I could do without. And I already apologized to, I think like Gary or somebody. I, I think it was Gary that 
says he gets really nervous whenever he listens to our show stuff and sometimes stops listening. Because, <laughs> yeah. We did the way Rick there. just killed Carol like that. <laughs> I mean, nice. to beat her down with his pistol butt. That's enough. I just, wow. And then when she got up. <laughs> yeah, I figured he'd do better than that. So, yeah. I Am I kidding? Yes. <laughs> I do think they're reaching that point, though, right? I mean, they're, it's... And half the... Okay. This... This guy, this almost justifies part of what you said in that the, but it, it, they're doing it elsewhere, but it's still low, low budgeties type stuff. But they're getting to a point where they're like, you know, we can't even justify staying at the prison anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we just, they've broken down the fence at least twice. Twice. Now and, We've run out of pigs. And, yeah, just, <laughs> uh, where's the governor at? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm, we didn't run him out last season when we had a tank. Maybe this season when I'm just here by myself. Well, you know. But I'm I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. I I enjoy the show. I enjoy most of the take of what they've done. I, my whole thing right now is I don't know where I stand on the take they're doing on the governor yet. That's my big thing. But if they turn him into what he was in Woodbury in the books, but doing it as vengeance now you know whether it's because he actually felt he was the protector there because that was my biggest disagreement with how they portrayed him last year he he was the protector with a bit of a dark side and but he he justified it to himself as being the protector so maybe maybe in the twisted new zombie world he was an upright guy except you then have rick who is the upright guy, even though he was kind of having a bad season. <laughs> so if they then kind of go, but now he's going to go full on comic governor, but because Rick and crew ran out, ran him out of Woodbury, even though they didn't, and because Rick and crew made him destroy Woodbury, come on. The burning down the house scene was just, <laughs> was bad. you know, if they're going to give him full on governor now and that's his motivation, I think that's really weak. Alright, let's move on. Alright. <laughs> Finished Vandred. It was, um, an enjoyable ending. They made it back home. Words were said. Mecca was shot. Stuff like that. No, it kind of wrapped up a little bit fast for me. It was like 24 eps of getting, 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 and then an ep of, and then an ep of, and we're done! And so I, I would have liked to have seen them stretch out the resolution a little bit, but it was pretty good. And I watched the first season of Sword Art Online, which, uh, was ridiculously good. This is what uh, really Tad Williams wish he could write. Sadly, I cannot disagree. The little <laughs> bit of Tad Williams I've read has pretty much helped me go to sleep many a night. Uh, did you ever try The Other World? No, I think I did the, uh, was it The Dragon Bone Chair or something yeah. like that? Oh, no. my God. I, hate, I couldn't get through that whole book. See, I, I love that, and that's the only reason oh, I tried Otherland no. or Otherworld, whatever it was called, and that was just, oh, my God, get an editor. And learn to string a sentence together. But anyways, in this, in Sword Art, it's fantasy MMO, and they have full immersion 3D VR. And then, as with Otherland, for whatever reason, people can't jack out. They're stuck in the system. The reason is revealed that the creator of the game has trapped everybody, and there'll be a little neural that kills you if you are disconnected. And he says, the only way we're going to get out is if you beat the game. Uh, so you gotta get to the, the big, the final last boss. So every app is a little bit of the MMORPG aspect, 
but also some character growth and some character interaction at, cause it's not just, you know, the fight of the week to, to get to that level's boss. There's, you know, love murder mystery thrown in. There's a little, uh, there's a lot of character development. You know, these two people fall in love in the game. Well, what happens, uh, if they get out of the game? Are they even in the same country? Cause it's a worldwide MMO. Um, that kind of thing. And even greater, what if they can't get out of the game? Are they going to just live their life grinding, you know? And if you play WoW, you know, <laughs> that's not much of a life, damn it. There's only so many Tyrannosaurus heads you can cut off. Or are they going to give up the game, uh, give up trying to get out and just live within the game? Uh, so it's a really, it was really good. The first app, you know, it's, they, they only did this for the first app. The end credits are, uh, rolling over a backdrop of something and there's lines cutting through them. And as the credits roll, the backdrop comes more and more in and it's the player usernames and it's the lines as they're dying. And they only do that at the end of the first app, but it's really good story. Really enjoyable. Uh, I'm waiting for the dubbed versions for the second season to hit the market over here. I think, well, I think the first half of the second season is out already, but the second half is not. And I don't want to, I don't want to watch the first half and then have to wait. I just want to power through the whole thing because the, the first season was really that good. Uh, so yeah, Sword Art Online, totally, totally enjoyable and highly recommended. And then the usual other crap that I watch. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's see. Talked about Arrow. I am still watching Revolution. I know you dropped or you never started two apps and I was done. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the show. So I, I think it's a pretty decent show. Well, then your arguments about Walking Dead are cease to be valid. You know nothing. <laughs> Awkward. Love that show too. Mm-hmm. I know you probably haven't seen that one. It's like an MTV comedy, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really good. It's, it's one of those, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a guilty pleasure because I don't, it's, it's humorous, but it's, I think the Megan's really into it too. And I think the, like, I power watched the first because I kept hearing things about it, but it was just like one of those, eh, it's MTV. And, but I did like, uh, RJ Berger. Did you ever see that one? We, I really liked that one. And then they canceled that one and then awkward started getting a lot of buzz. So I power watched the first season and really enjoyed it. And Megan came in while I was watching it and she's also, she just got fixed on it. And then she kind of looked at me at one point. She goes, I really shouldn't like this, but you know, cause it, it's, it's, you know, it's no longer our generation. It's high school type stuff, high school relationships and all that stuff, but it's in a comedy setting, but it's just, it's super humorous. So we've been enjoying that. So that's on again, seasons back this season. Yeah. It's kind of whatever, but it, you know, it's going in goofy directions, but at the same time, you just, I, you know, I'm watching it and I'm watching Megan shake her head every once in a while, but then I'm thinking about it, about you know what? This, this is high school. This is how it was in high school. This is, you know, this is, you, you, Partners are interchangeable sometimes. You know, one week you're going out with this person, next week you're going out with that person kind of thing. So just got to kind of keep that in mind. Have you checked out elementary at all? No. 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 I put that on the list because I don't think we've talked about it, but I just, uh, I know I've, a lot of people have either been crapping on it or crapping on it just because it exists, but have never watched it. And I it's don't actually crap on a really it. good just, show. I had no desire to watch it because I would. Well, I'm going to crap on it, I guess, because <laughs> yeah. I actually watch Sherlock instead, and I hate Lucy Liu. I see. I, I like Lucy Liu. I think this is a decent show. Uh, we do want to, we have not seen Sherlock. We want to see Sherlock. 
But I, I think even watching Sherlock, I think this is an okay take on their take, and, and we've enjoyed watching it. So it's it's a pretty decent show if you give it a, a chance. Sleepy Hollow. Have you been watching that one? I don't know you haven't. This was the surprise for me. Give me my hipster glasses. <laughs> <laughs> this was the surprise to me because this was one, if you saw the original trailer, teaser trailer they did for it coming out, you just kind of went, what the hell is going on? Have you even seen any of it at all? Or No, I had no desire. And then I heard about what the hell is going on. And I'm like, no, that's just even worse. This is an awesome take on it. The, glad you like it. The headless horseman as the, uh, one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. And yeah, go for it's, it. It's, uh, it's a good show. Knock yourself out. We power watch through Ray Donovan. I know you said you gave up after a couple episodes. Two, three episodes. We enjoyed it. That's another good show. We power watched the whole thing and thought it was a really good show and very dysfunctional family, but. <laughs> can only have so many generations abused by a priest before things start to fall apart. Orphan Black. Have you seen Orphan Black? Orphan Black. Orphan. Well, it's the clones, right? Yes. No. We power watched that as well. That's a good one. So yeah, it's this, uh, girl with a messed up life trying to, she kind of ran off and left her kid with her foster mom, I think it was. That's kind of way it played out. Uh, and then she comes back and she's trying to, you know, get back into life and get her daughter back and all this stuff and clean up. And then she sees a, somebody that looks exactly like her in a nice suit and everything else, but really distraught. And she jumps in front of a train and she leaves her purse. So she tries to take over her life and she's a scam artist for the most part anyway. So she's trying to find out if she can clean on her bank account and all this other stuff. And it all unravels till she finds out that, you know, it's just not somebody that looks like me. There's, there's now I'm meeting other people that look like me and what's going on in yeah, the whole clone thing. So it's a good show. Yeah. I mean, Sarah watched the whole season last season and she tells me I'd like it, but it's just too many shows, not enough time. It's the kind of thing where if it ever comes out like on DVD, I will watch it or something. You can borrow it. Oh, that's right. how we watched it. Oh, it, I when it, when it came out, maybe it was on demand on sci-fi or something. No, it was, well, it was a BBC America. I think. Oh, well, yeah. Well, but it was, uh, yeah, it, it came out cheap. And again, it was one of those things where it was like, I was hearing from everybody. How good it was. So I was like, ah, that's, that's, see, it's that one and, and Lost Girl that everybody's really on, but it's, I tried, last, I missed the boat and I, it's both of them sound like, pre, you know, their premises I, prem, that I should like, but you know, it's, you know, too many shows, not enough time and just not enough desire to spend that much time trying to catch up. But if you got the whole DVD thing for the season, then yeah, that's easy. I, I've started, I started Lost Girl and I don't know. That one may take a few, that may be one of those where you got to give it some time because the first few is face off. Face off just finished and we'll be back for the next season in January. (laughs) So they're wasting no time starting back up. But that was, that was a lot of fun. They they had a good winner for that one. Uh, I still really enjoy that show for the most part though. This, this last season they did, uh, half veterans, half new people. So people had been on past seasons on that stuff. So that was kind of cool. I think some of the, uh, I think the, I think the female that won it was a previous season. She got to almost the end or whatever. So it's pretty good. Finally got around to uh, movie wise, G.I. Joe retaliation. We did see that. As far as superiority uh, yeah. original. Yeah. That's not okay. saying much, but no, no, that was a good shoot em up. Silver linings playbook. That was a good movie. Yeah. That was, was. that was surprising to me. So, so we watched that. We watched Argo, which is a pretty decent film. Habani Renme, which we'll be talking about with Don uh, in December. 
I rewatched Trick or Treat. Awesome, awesome horror movie. That anthology is, I'm, especially now that they've finally announced a sequel. It wasn't too long ago, Cyrus, you told me that we'll never get a sequel. <laughs> Sequel's coming. And then I watched, you know, like, I watched Movie 43, which was not a great movie, but had. Is that one of the spoof movies? Not really spoof, but it was a sketch comedy movie. Oh, okay. It's and not it, like the scary movie type thing. No, no, but it's a, it's a sketch com, it was a sketch comedy movie. So it was a bunch of little sketches. And of course, what it suffers from is what any movie like that suffers from. This one's good. This one's good. These are crap, you know, kind of thing. But the big thing for it was just the massive surprise, like all the names in there, like all of these well known actors and actresses and stuff are, are in this movie. So like Hugh Jackman, Natalie Portman, you know, it's all kinds of people are in it. And that's the bigger surprise. But it had its moments. But yeah, it was on Netflix one night and I decided to watch it. Uh Hatchet 3 I watched. Frankenstein's Army I watched. Texas Chainsaw I watched. And of course, Ravenous, because we're reviewing that here tomorrow night, actually. Uh, I liked that. Two ball geese. As Cyrus and I are have, have a bit of a debate on whether or not it was supposed to be a dark comedy. Or if they meant for it to be horror. I think they meant for it to be horror. But. Yeah, that's that's my take. He's like, no, nope, <laughs> it's a comedy. I'm like, no, no, I think they meant for it to be horror. But I, I'll talk, I, I'm going to be talking about it tomorrow night. So. All right, then then I, I told you about this the other night. We did the Emma Watson thing. So the last two things I had were The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which is actually a really good movie. And then The Bling Ring, which I have no sympathy for any of the victims in that movie. And that's my watch. What we're reading slash listening to. What you got? What I've got. Again, a slightly longer list since we missed a, an app. I finished reading Robopocalypse, and it is inferior to World War Z. <laughs> Possibly because I read World War Z first, and it's a better book. Um, no, this is, it's World War Z meets Skynet. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a reporter. It's, uh, it starts off at the end of the war and a soldier finds the memory core and then he's reviewing everything that the robots did. You know, it's, it's all memories from their perspective, but he throws in some human perspective every now and then for things that he was involved in. Uh, but it's very much the same thing. And it's very, I don't know which came first, but I read World War Z first. So this was very derivative and the characterizations were much weaker because there were fewer characters and they were all very cardboard, but. It was not a bad book, just unfortunately I read it second. On a bit of a Miles Verkozigan kick, uh, Low Smoke Master Bougeot, I finished Brothers in Arms, which uh, introduces a really good use of the technology that kind of floats around in the future, and they've cloned the main character, Miles Verkozigan, for a nefarious plot. A really good book, really excellent. I think, you know, I love to date, you know, all the Verkozigan books because they're, they're fast, they're fast paced, but they're not, you know, blow your hair back. It's good reading, but you don't feel exhausted when you're done. And then I've moved on to Mirror Dance, where the anti-Miles appears again, and it sucks. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, I'm going to finish it just because I want to move on to the next book. It's just, it focuses more on the clone than Miles, and it's an attempt to give the clone meaning and an attempt to humanize the clone 
and to possibly even build some trust between Miles and the clone, and it's not working. <laughs> I finished Dyson Men, which was a, a mediocre kind of history of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, going back to when TSR was just two dudes in a basement all the way to discussion of D&D Next slash 5th edition. Not only that, but also this dude's game interactions and the role it played in his life when he first started playing to adulthood. Could have been better. It's not bad, but, you know, if you've been into the game like we have since, you know, way back, not a lot since of... coloring in our yes. with the crayon. <laughs> There's not a lot of new information here. And his particular story, he has self-esteem problems. He's... That's what I took from it anyway. He... He needs to, he needs to review what the word addiction really means, I think. That's, that's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm currently listening to Caliban's War by James S.A. Quarry. This is a follow up to Leviathan Wakes, uh, which I read earlier this year. And this is an excellent, excellent continuation. I dare say it's actually better than the first because all the characters are already there. And the character development in the first book was not at all bad. But now they don't have to waste the time bringing – well, it wasn't a waste of time because it was a good it was a good merger of three plot lines. But now it's one unified plot line in an established universe. So all the establishment is already done. So he can just jump right into the story. And it's an excellent story. It's continuing one of the core stories from the first book. It's changing – through actions, but not retroactively changing. It's changing through actions. Some of the impressions you were left from, left with from the first book. So it's changing some of the impressions and there are some of the motivations of the characters. It introduces some new characters. So it's not just kind of monster of the week. There is universe growth. Uh, it's really good. I'm almost done. I'm probably going to make myself stay up tonight and finish it because <laughs> I want to know what happens. It's really good series. Uh, Leviathan Wakes and Caliban's War, James S. A. Corey. If you want good, uh, hard science, eh, air quotes there, cause there's technology that doesn't really exist, but good extrapolation of real science in a good universe. And the first one, like I said, was kind of the gritty noir kind of detective, cause one of the main characters was a detective. He's not in the second book. It switches more to, uh, military SF a little bit. Uh, but it does the, it does the move well. It goes, it goes from detective to military and politics very well. But because the characters are all very, he, this dude just does really good and diverse characters and does them well. And the reader is also does a good job at voicing. So yeah, check him out on the comic side. Read the first 12 or so issues of Green Lantern, New Guardians. And I wish I hadn't. It, uh, it focuses on Kyle Rayner. So. By definition, it's bad. And it was. It was just horrible. There, the rest of the Guardians, you know, when all the other Lanterns were involved, it was interesting, you know, if they could just have made it Hal Jordan or John Stewart or Guy Gardner or, you know, any of the other Lanterns other than Kyle Rayner would be a first superior <laughs> book. But really, people, Kyle Rayner sucks. And I know there's some fans out there, and I get in this debate with clicks people. It's not even a debate. People know that I hate them. So I just <laughs> throw shit out there and just try to piss people off. Really? Yeah. Surprise, right? <laughs> I'm not going to read any more of that. Uh, I picked up on the recommendation of a friend, Lazarus, which is an interesting near future kind of book. I read the first four issues. It's uh near future, some eco disaster. It's kind of the 1% win and have destroyed the planet. And uh, 
the planet is divided, or maybe it's just North America. Could be the planet. But anyways, for the purposes of this book, it's North America is divided up uh, in between these families. And so, you know, every page where they're at a family-owned location, it's like family members to serfs. Do they call them serfs? Something like that. You know, it's like, or peasants. You know, something like that is like 232 and waste, you know, 275,000. So it's like the families own everything. They hire a few people who then have lives of luxury compared to the waste. And then the waste are, you know, us, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. But each family has a genetically modified member that is, you know, super strong, super fast, not like lift car strong or, you know, faster than speeding boat fast, but, you know, enhanced to the utmost of their technology to the utmost of the human abilities and nigh indestructible. Like decapitation is the only way to do it. And if you don't do it fast enough, maybe the wound will heal before the sword gets all the way through kind of thing. And so this is about, uh, the Carlisle family and their Lazarus. And they're called Lazarus because they're, they can almost seem to be coming back from the dead. They're that resilient. So, and this is about their, their Lazarus and her shrouded in his shrouded in mystery history, which you know, that's always the same. It's always the same plot device. Is she really a Carlisle? You know, surprise. No, because they, they never are. It's the most overused plot in like literature, but it's good. I read the first issues. It was enjoyable. Really good artwork. Pretty good page layout and good, good story overall. Greg Rucka. He's one of my kind of B list. Well, he's not a B list writer. He's definitely an A list writer, but he's on my, he's on my B list because he's kind of a uh, by project for me. Sometimes he's, I find him really awesome and sometimes I'm like, why? Why did you even think this would be a good idea? This was really excellent. Picked up the first issue of Hinterkind, which I don't know if I'm going to continue. It was baffling. I heard a lot of interesting things about it, but not the, not the spoiler at the end. But the spoiler at the end was so... Uh, it, again, it's another post-disaster book. And there's like a group of survivors somewhere in New York. You're not quite led to nowhere. And then there's a CB conversation with somebody. Uh, in Albany, um, New York City, I mean, and then Albany, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as this group in New York, their story is progressing, their exterior shots are getting farther and farther away. And it turns out that there's a colony of human survivors of what we don't know that are now living in Central Park. And there's this great shot of all the skyscrapers around Central Park that have been overrun with vegetation and then like Quonset Hut and whatnot in Central Park. And that's the human colony in New York right now. And then it's this CB conversation is interrupted. So they're going to go find out. It's like the two month walk to, from New York City to Albany at round trip, uh, and find out what happened. And council says, no, you can't go. Dude says, I'm going to go anyway. Screw you. And then right at the end, there's this big reveal of what happened in Albany and it totally it was totally unexpected. I had no uh, expectation that this would happen. The disaster. We still don't know what the disaster is, but somehow it relate it resulted. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give the spoiler because it blew me away. Yeah, please don't. It blew me away. But... You don't deal with the aftermath. <laughs> I do. Jordan at allusgeeks.com. <laughs> it blew me away, but then I was also at the same time I was like, eh, so I don't know if it was enough to make me keep going. Maybe I'll check out number two, but I don't know. It's again, it wasn't bad. It was just. You know, do to do left field. <laughs> so maybe if I can get back uh, the second issue and check it out, yeah, maybe my opinion will change. Fanboys versus zombies started the second arc. 
and I'm not reading it anymore. It's really, yeah. First five, six issues, seven issues, whatever the first arc was, you know, as they were in the Comic-Con building, really, really good stuff. The second arc starts and they out of the Comic-Con building and it's dumb. Sorry, guys. Stop at the end of the first arc. Really, stop at the end of the first arc. It's too late. Oh, you've continued? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like one or two episodes or one or two issues behind. Um, I've read it all. Now, talking or uh, sign language gorillas and the dark or the undercon or whatever they called it in the no sorry give it up uh um, i kind of like the quirkiness of it uh yeah it remained quirky but uh <laughs> buzzkill i read the first two issues of buzzkill this is i think I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny but it is dude's a superhero but he's an alcoholic and he's had to become an alcoholic because he only gets his powers when he's drunk <laughs> so it starts off with him at an aa meeting and he's willing to give up the cape, doesn't have the cape, but he's willing to give up the cape for sobriety. And of course, the first test is his rogues gallery finds out who he is in the real world and they go to put a, put a beat down on him. So he's got to get drunk to defend himself. So sobriety is coming hard. Uh, but it's not just alcohol. There's a really great scene in the second issue starts to go over what happens to him when he does things. So yeah, alcohol gives him like, you know, Superman, but he's at an AA meeting. So he's outside having a smoke. He's, and he's confronted by the first of his rogues gallery. And he's like, well, they think I'm defenseless, but they should not have let me start this cigarette because, and it tells him what happens when nicotine, he's given nicotine. And then, oh no, but before that, he's, he's in, he's in the group and, uh, he's like, this was supposed to be decaf. And now that I know it's not. This this power kicks in when he's on caffeine and then cigarettes and then alcohol. So it's it's kind of funny, but if you've known anybody that's gone through the program, it's also kind of um, yeah. true to form, <laughs> only with superpowers. I'm going to continue with it, though, because it's definitely good. So that's Buzzkill. And then going back to Sleepy Hollow, <laughs> East of West, which is far future. First up, three young people pop out of the ground there eventually it's revealed there are three of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and they're in this cyclical battle with death the fourth horseman who has for whatever reason gone on this vendetta against people and he stopped it being death as the fourth horseman and he's doing his own thing right now and they're trying to kill him uh i've read the first two issues it's interesting definitely going to continue reading it it's uh light sci-fi it's not particularly deep but it's enjoyable and then uh, the last thing I've got here is Rat Queens, which is uh, kind of a hack and slash sword and sorcery. It's, you know, the party adventure book. It's five women. They're all, they're female characters. So hence they're all queens. And it's, uh, it's, it's the standard high fantasy stuff only with lowbrow low writing. Well, not the, the writing is written to be lowbrow. It's not, it's not bad writing. It's just they're written to be, um, kind of course crass characters and it works for two issues anyways uh, i'm not quite sure what they're up to but whenever i can get around to three and beyond yeah i'll definitely be picking those up okay i started reading expatriates i'm not very far into it because i'm reading it kind of between like i said i hit i've been hitting the comicsology sales and stuff off and on so when i uh, don't have a ton of 
issues that I've bought or something. That I read ex, I've been reading Expatriate, so not far enough into it to really give much of an opinion right now. So I'm one or two. I think at now I'm two issues behind on Saga. So I caught up on Saga until I think they, you know, now I'm two issues behind. I think they just released another one because it's, I guess it's taken a little bit more than a month for them to drop the price a little bit on those. But I, as, as they drop the price on the issue, I've been picking them up and reading them. So still enjoying that. It's still a really good series. Yeah. I got to get back to that. Like I said, so- zombies versus fanboys. I am same thing, like an issue or two behind. Uh, I kind of enjoy the quirkiness of it. I'm at the same point now where you were with Pathfinder, uh, cause they dropped the price on nine. So I got the, the, got through the Black Fang, mm-hmm. uh, issue. And so I think I'm one or two behind on that cause that they really, the, the, the prices on those on Comixology are insane before they drop them. It's like, like four bucks down to two bucks or whatever, or almost everything else is like they drop a buck off of it. Yeah, I think I 10 just came out this month. No, 11's out. Oh, 11's out? Yeah, I think 11 is out. I, okay. think I, I think last time I looked, I think I was two issues behind. Are you reading The Goblins, too? Uh, I started to. I didn't pick up the last few. I think I read the first two, one or two. So, But I haven't been picking those up. Because those are more like those little, like little again, anthology type, like short mm-hmm. story type things. And the first one was okay. Second one, I don't know. I don't know if I care enough to keep on that one. I read Alpha Girl. You ever read that? No. Can't remember who put that, put that one on. It's, uh, kind of like, it, it's almost, it's kind of zombie-ish, but it's basically all the women go nuts. Like they, it, I think it was like a perfume company or a chemical company or something like that. And they put out this, this chemical that rage. Yeah. Rage basically <laughs> all the girls. And then there's this one girl and her brother. Uh, there's one girl that doesn't change and then she, hooks up with this like overly horny kid and they go to rescue her brother who's in like mental institution. So it's, it's, it's out there, but it was kind of a fun little read and it was, it was a short series and it was one of the sales at one point. So I picked it up and it ends where it could potentially lead into another story arc. I mean, I don't think it's an ongoing, doesn't seem to be an ongoing series, but it has the potential for another arc and I'd probably pick it up if they did it. Affliction. Have you ever read that one? That's another little short series. That one was kind of goofy too. That one was, uh, I want to say the guy was going to like kill himself and then he wakes up and everybody that comes close to him dies, like just dies. So like he wakes up and there's like people dead around him and like a, like a butterfly lands on him. It dies. And then they, there's this one girl suddenly that comes in and, and like they arrest him at a distance because they, you know, it's, mass murder basically around him and he's like don't come near don't come near me and then of course two cops try to rush him or whatever and then they drop that and they're like what the hell did you do you know kind of thing so they kind of arrest him at a distance and put him in solitaire or whatever and out of nowhere this girl and this other guy are fighting over breaking him out and stuff and it kind of goes from there but it's kind of an interesting little story so so on the ending but it was uh it was it was kind of fun that that whole thing of I want to die and now I wake up and everybody dies around me thing kind of drew me in for a bit. Nancy in hell. <laughs> Another short little series. Again, this was, I think these were all the ones I picked up during October during the horror sale mm. that they did. So it has some horror things in it. So Nancy in hell is basically Nancy is supposed to be the final girl, but the guy 
kills her to purposely send her to hell. So she's the final girl in hell. So she's going through the motions there and, you know, she's not supposed to be there or whatever, but, but she's not a good person either. So it's that whole take on, and then why she got sent back there, you know, when it first starts out, it's just like she got killed and then it kind of slowly reveals, you know, that, yeah, she was supposed to be the final girl and he purposely sent her, killed her and, and sent her and it was <laughs> like, we're, you're the one kind of thing. So it was like this serial killer or something like that deal that was kind of killing girls until he found her. He's like, you're the one and, and gave her some instructions or whatever. She's like drowning or something like that. And so it was, it was an interesting little story. Uh, and again, it, it's another one that kind of ended where it could really keep going if it wanted to. ELE extinction level event. Have you heard of that one yet? No, that's Jason's. This is uh, our friend over at Seven Days a Geek, because podcasting is not enough for him. <laughs> uh, actually, he did a Kickstarter for this, and uh, this is the first issue off of that Kickstarter. He sent me a copy to to check out, so it's uh it's going to go into being a zombie, you know, extinction level event, a zombie kind of post apocalyptic type thing. So it starts off, and the first comic is kind of the countdown to the event. I'm not sure where I stand on it, to be honest with you. I, I would need to see, I think, this next issue. It kind of just left off, and it, the next thing is going to begin. So it, it was the intro into and the countdown into what's going to actually happen in the second second issue. And I think his Kickstarter if it was either for the first two or three issues, and he's talking about potentially doing another Kickstarter for the next set here uh, in the future here. So... It was, you know, he, it was, it was cool. He sent me that copy. And like I said, I, it just left me really like, I think issue two would make me figure out, you know what I mean? Whether or not it was the, the build up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I'm reading right now, what I'm getting one through right now is the sword. So after I oh, got through, the Luna, uh, yeah, yeah, the Luna, Luna Brothers. Brothers stuff. Yeah. So after I got through a lot of this other stuff, I went ahead and got the entire series of the sword and I'm working my way through that right now. Pretty good story so far. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. It's their art. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's still that. And then, and I, there's parts of it I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about, but at least it's not the total stupidity from the, from the girls, uh, part that angered me. But of course, a lot of that kind of came later. But, uh, this, I, I'm not, you know, obviously this is, you know, they're not the encapsulated and, and just doing stupid shit for stupid shit's sake at the moment. Uh, so yeah, I'm reading that right now. That's what I'm, that's what's taken me away from expatriates, right? Now. <laughs> and of course, uh, since we haven't talked about it, I mean, we talked about we were waiting for the final one. So we did get another chapter of We're Alive in, and another chapter is just starting. So it'll be a few more. Two more weeks. It'll be a while before mm-hmm. we get to this one because both Jordan and I refuse to listen to it until all three of <laughs> the parts are out. Uh, but still, good show. I'm still wondering what they're going to do. Now that they're on the Nerdist Network and this is supposed to be the last season, are we going to get a spinoff or something? Because it, it's a good series. And again, we've, we've said it before. You should, if you're not checking this one out, check it out. Unless they do something really stupid <laughs> this year, I don't want to see it end here. So I'm hoping they're actually maybe do, thinking of spinning off or something or doing something different. See, I would like to see it end. Not because it's bad, but because they've said this prior to being on the Nerdist that this was going to be the last season. So this leads me to believe that they had a a written end, yeah. and I would hate this to be either. Well, I, a spinoff would be okay, but I would hate to, for them to then have backtracked 
yeah. and stretch this out no. for, you know, I, I guess the spinoff would be okay, but stretching it just cause for the sake of popularity and, and knowing they can now really milk this. No, I hope they don't go that route. No, and I, I, I don't want it to artificially extend without an idea for story behind it. That's what, I, but yeah, I mean, cause we, it's hard to say. I mean, they, they had the ending in mind, but is it necessarily the end? I mean, mm-hmm. Could they have potentially? Because I would think that Waylon and those guys would have something in the works after this is done. Because this has been such a big part of their life, and they put so much into it. You think they kind of had this idea of either another series or something. Maybe not even. And it could be they they do, and it's not in this genre or something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that could be too. But uh, I'd be will. I'd definitely be willing the to give a spinoff. Is Datu. Datu. See, there you go. <laughs> all Datu all the time. My oh, tears. No. My tears. <laughs> Why are you so mean to me? Love Datu. His crying ass. <laughs> uh, so there you go. What we're playing. Absolutely nothing. Good night. <laughs> uh, me to go first? You want to go first? I'll go first. Go for it. Then I can just leave and you can finish up. Nice. Although we have no uh, video proof of it, we did get in a game of X-Wing. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> I also got in some good Attack Wing and some Star Trek Tactics. Got in a game of Guillotine, a couple games of Guillotine, and a couple games of Wordsmith uh, at the beginning of the month. Uh, I was hanging out with some people I don't normally hang out with, so we brought some later games and showed them those, and they were well-received. The game day, amongst other things, I did get in... Uh, game of Lost Cities, which I really liked. Nice, yeah. That's and, a good game. Uh, added that to my Amazon list, so hopefully Sarah will, uh, look at getting that. <laughs> uh, and then got in Game of Las Vegas, and I finished Arkham Origins, which, um, I'm gonna say I'm fairly disappointed with. I think it's the weakest of the three, both in terms of the story and the world you're given to work with. You know, the premise of it being Christmas Eve, so everybody mm-hmm. is, everybody's at home with their family, and there's a curfew because of a crime wave. Uh, how many more reasons can I throw down there for not having any innocent people for Batman to save? It's just you against cops, corrupt cops all the time. And there's so there's not even the variety of, uh, you know, it's not like they had an infinite variety of civilians in the first two games, but at least there was some variety and there was a sense of you were trying to save the innocents. But this, there was none, none of that there. And then you kind of got locked into the end game. Once you started the last series of quests or, or, or encounters with the Joker and getting to Blackgate, you could not leave again. And for me, once, and this is, this is, this is just me. This is totally, well, I'm sure more people, but this is my take on it. Once the main game is over, I mean, I love sandbox games, but once the main game's over, I'm done. I no longer have the mental desire to concentrate on something that literally has no impact to the game because the game is done. And the biggest flaw was I was waiting. I, I picked up the last Riddler data pack and I was waiting for the big reveal on anything and nothing happened. So I went and looked at my stats and there were two data handlers and like 20 data packs that I hadn't found yet. And I looked at my map and there are no data handlers, nothing. And I went and I looked around online, IGN or something like that. And they said, yeah, two of them don't show up until after you finish the game. Well, that is stupid. Sure enough, after I beat Joker for the final time and, oh, the Bane boss fight was just stupid. The, uh, well, see, 
Well, the the whole Bane character and Luchador Bane from friggin' Brazil with his stupid Luchador mask on and just talking with a Spanish accent and hey, I'm going to mess you up. Uh, and that was a horrible Spanish accent on my part because it wasn't. But at least I'm not a character in a video game. I was poorly dressed and stupid in this mask and just repetitive. And see, it's like the Bane fights are always repetitive, but at least in the previous game, you had some option in how you were going to do it. But this one was just wait for the red anger, duck punch, wait for the red anger. It was not a matter of how am I going to get to the point where I can get behind them? It's just... Wait, dodge, wait, dodge, punch, wait. You know, so the Bane fight was really monotonous. Well, one of the big complaints is that you fight Bane multiple times. Three times. But you only fight Deathstroke once. Yes. Early. Yes. That was, that is totally wrong. In terms of villain progression, it's, uh, the Firefly fight was from a plot point, well placed, but ridiculous. It was my least favorite fight. You fight Bane three times, and his only claim to fame is that he broke the bat. But he broke the bat 20 years ago. Let it go, people. <laughs> He's not really that relevant anymore. Deathstroke, your first villain, probably the best fight. And then you only see him again in prison. It was a pain in the ass fight. It was. It was early on and a pain in the ass. And all of a sudden, you're just kind of going, holy crap, what am I in for? Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, that's that's how it I felt. I mean, it was a pain in the ass, but it was good. It was... yet. Yeah, there was a, a few timing things, but you were still mm-hmm. given some freeform combat mm-hmm. options to it. Not like Bane, not like uh, the Firefly fight was just as bad because it was because they literally you couldn't do anything unless you followed the on-screen prompts. Because if you didn't do the on-screen prompt, your your attacks didn't work. And that's that was the worst part about this game. The randomness of we're going to give you all the utility belt stuff. You're going to have all these weapon options. You can't use this on this person. You can't use this over here. We're not going to let you use... This isn't going to have an effect on them. You throw batarangs all day long. They're just going to dodge. We know you're up on the building and they don't know you're there yet. But if you throw your glue grenade, they're just going to dodge. Even though they don't know you're there. So, you know, boss fights, I I thought they were generally very weak compared to the rest of the games. And then, like I said, once I finished Blackgate, beat Joker for the last time, there are the two data handlers. Well, I have no desire to finish these quests anymore. I don't even care. There was one villain that I didn't even unlock because you need the data packages to find out who the last blackmail victim is. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah, definitely to my mind, the weakest of the three. <laughs> and that's what I was playing. All right. Let's see. Actual games, I haven't played a whole lot. I haven't been over to Michael's in quite a while. Slacker. Yeah, pretty, yeah, that, that's it. Oh, I have a bad back and I have a job. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. But I did solo some more Pathfinder Adventure card game. I told you about that. I was trying to get that final solo with Black Fang in there and move on. And, uh, great game. Great, great game. Great cliffhanger game. I was playing the Druid again. I got, uh, again, I was soloing it. So there's only the three locations when I, but I mean, it's still, uh, I lost both of my cures out of my deck and I still had two locations that were open. Uh, and the one was like barely, I had just got there and like lost my cure. So I was like, crap, I'm done. This, this game is over, but I'm like, screw it. I'm finally getting to play it again. I'm going to, and this was like the day before my back went on or something like that. So I, I got it in. 
So I just, I'm like, I'm going to play it out. See what happens. I'm going to die. I know it, but let's see what happens. And then it, and it was like, bam, bam, bam. Like it was like black fang knew my, my cures were gone. Top of the deck every time. So came up, defeated black fang, went to the other deck. I was like, Oh, sweet. So completely cleared out that, cleared out that deck. Didn't have to go through all the crap, right? Cause it's an auto close if you beat the villain, but they, then black fang went on to the last location. Get down to the last location. Comes up right away. Smacks me. It's like crap. So it goes back, shuffles back in. So I get down to basically I had uh, a handful of cards left. I couldn't draw anymore. So my hand was it. So this was the turn. I'm like, crap. It's Blackfang. It's like, oh, this is it. I've got a hand of cards and me and Blackfang. And Blackfang smoked me. (laughs) (laughs) But it was such a good game. So uh, still thoroughly enjoying that one, even when I only get to play it solo. But we have got to campaign that damn thing. Uh, I even got the pawn, the little tokens, the little cardboard stand-ups okay, yeah. to, instead of the cards so we can put those at the location now. So, yeah. Yeah, um, Maricel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely want to campaign those. Oh, I do, too. I did. Um, The only way I was able to really get fairly well into soloing with the Druid, though, I did do my own build. I didn't do the recommended build, right? But I mean, it's still based off of what you're supposed yeah. to have, um, and that, that's the I'll way. I'll just start off with the plus ten yeah. staff, though. <laughs> but that's that's the way I would want to campaign it, though, too. Yeah. Everybody, now that a lot of us have played it, get your chance to build your your deck. So I've been playing Batman Ar- Arkham Origins as well, off and on. Not as much as you have, because I haven't finished it or even come close. <laughs> but what I did was I went back and I put in uh, City. Arkham City, because I hadn't done the Harley Quinn downloadable content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, so I started playing that a little bit. And then I went even further back and grabbed Asylum. I hadn't finished Asylum, put it in, forgot where I was. I was on the Joker boss fight, mm-hmm. the final fight. And I completely forgot how to use anything. So after getting my ass handed to me several, several times, trying to figure out what it was I was supposed to do again for the final fight since I hadn't played at all. And all of a sudden, I was just like, boop, 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 beat him. Maggie's like, so that was it? That I was like, yeah, that's where I left off on this game. <laughs> Except for I, you know, all the crap, the miscellaneous crap. Uh, which in that game, I like uh City, Arkham City, I'm willing to go do all this stuff. I've I beat the main game and I was still putzing around in it and still willing to do that. Asylum, not as much because it's harder to get around, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's not the open world type stuff, but it's just like I'm sitting there going, really? I've I've beat the game, and now you're not going to just open these tunnels? I still got to figure out how to jump up and around and through them? That was a turnoff to me for that one. So it's just it's like, all right, I'm not going to do that. I I did the boss fight. I I finished it, officially finished it, just not 100%. Uh, so I'm probably still going to go back and do some city, but I agree with you. I, I We talked about it before, but as far as I'm concerned, Origins is just, it. they lost, I mean, it not... The other two were a hardcore love letter to the Batman uh, universe, and this one feels like the, it, it's not. And just it's a different it it's a different company, yep. but and and as just did, it's they've lost that love letter to me. Um, yeah, splash damage. They it's Rocksteady. The Rockstar games, I should say, are definitely superior. Rocksteady, Rocksteady, Rockstar, whatever. Yeah, Rock something. Yeah, Rocksteady. But speaking of Rockstar, so uh, we finished Grand Theft Auto Five as well. So finished that. Still doing the miscellaneous stuff in there. Haven't done any of the online stuff. I know a lot of people are doing that now uh, and having fun, but I'm still just not much of an online player. 
but really enjoyed that game. Uh, I finished it. Megan finished it. And that's a lot of fun. So kind of just going back and doing the miscellaneous crap, skydiving and all that other kind of crap that you can do in there. So you're working on AC3 or 4 now, whatever? She is. I, I haven't done it. I need to go back and give it another shot, but the first one never appealed to me and Megan got into it and just has never looked back. So she's doing, yeah, she's doing black flag right now. So at any given second, I'm sure if we go out there, there's a good potential. Uh, she'll be on the high seas. So yeah, she was, she was pretty happy. Like she was pretty happy the other night when we, when we played dark horse. Oh, oh, you're not going to be home. Oh, awesome. I didn't get out the door. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> now let's see. I, uh, played, um, I went through the walking dead, uh, console game, the telltale one mm-hmm. and the 400 days DLC. Cause I hadn't finished the original and I got all the DLC for Megan. Uh, so I went through all of that. Cause again, uh, it's a, a good, good story, crappy controls, but good story. I like the story. So I've been, they are going to do the next one. They're going to come out with the next season of it. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that too. I mean, they're, they're picking up with the, the, the little girl gets to be a playable character that you're kind of protecting through this one and stuff. So it's going to be kind of interesting. I know Megan's really excited about that to come out. And then I picked up for my tablet, Walking Dead Assault. So I've been playing that and that's based more off of the comic books. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's an okay. That's a pretty cool little game. That's, that's a lot of fun. You think, you know, you basically have to take out all of the, missions through seasons and they're supposedly going to put out more more episode more issues so they're kind of releasing it as a comic book here's your episode or here's your issue and here's all the things you do in that issue uh but it you you start off as basically Rick in the hospital and go through different and you unlock all the characters that you can pick up along the way and it basically is just a, a you know a, a tablet style run and shooty almost kind of so you got to kill all the the zombies and stuff and you have different objectives and different goals that you can do and different ways that you can unlock bonuses on each level. It, it, it's cool. This is a cool one for, especially for a tablet. I have a friend that worked on Dead Rising 3 and uh, so he was just like, oh, Jeff, I made this game for you and I was like, oh, yeah, well, you didn't make it for me anytime this year. <laughs> uh, maybe in a year or two, but I pulled out Dead Rising 2 Case West. It was the downloadable one uh, and started playing that so I've just been hacking through zombies on that thing. And then for my tablet, I did pick up Kingdom Builder, Alhambra, uh, Mr. Jack Pocket, and Carcassonne, which I know Carcassonne has been available for a lot of people on their Android tablets for a while, but for some reason it was not compatible with mine until recently. So I've been playing a lot of those, specifically Carcassonne and Mr. Jack Pocket. I've been playing a lot of those two. Kingdom Builder, even on tablet version, I don't really get still. <laughs> so I'm... St- Still kind of glad I don't own that as a board game. <laughs> but Alhambra is pretty decent. Uh, Mr. Jack is a really good implementation. Uh, I do, I don't think, like you and I were talking about, I don't think they have a pass and play version. I wish they did, but still it's pretty fun and Carcassonne. And then Temple Run 2 has added artifacts. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's just one more random thing. Uh, but they also added in a few more, uh, miles, milestone objective type things. So you cycle through those while you're waiting to get to your 10 million <laughs> miles. Uh, but it did let me get level nine, which, uh, you know, your, that, that was like your last thing to hit 10, uh, level nine was to get that 10, 10, million. 10 million miles, uh, or meters or whatever. And level nine was you had to hit level nine to be able to unlock the special ability to when you fill up your meter, tap it and get two gems. Mm-hmm. Love that thing now. Because my biggest irk in that game 
is when the daily challenges collect 10 gems. And you never find And I gem. never see a freaking gem. So I sat one day for the day, because I always try to at least do the daily. You know, the, the weekly ones, who cares? But if you don't do the daily, it resets on you, which pisses me off. So I try to do the daily. So whenever it's the gems, and I'm doing 11,000, 12,000 meter runs. So just huge runs, not one freaking gem. So I finally remembered, wait a minute, that ability. I was like, this better work. So I, I switched over the ability and did the run and, and kept hitting my gems, went back and it, I'm like, Oh, thank God. So that's how I got my last 10 gems. So now it's just like, bam, bam, bam. Cause you know, it's fill up that meter, tap, tap. Hey, two gems. So now that, that, that was my, cause that pissed me off something bad. It's like, really? If you're going to make me collect gems and you're not going to show, cause then what happens is like, like, I think today when I was playing it, all I saw were gems. Like every power up was a gem. I'm like, are you shitting you me? You completed like, this challenge. Two days ago, you were asking me to collect gems and you wouldn't show me one. <laughs> that, that's all I got for playing. So that's going to bring us here towards the end. Just a quick reminder, uh, you know, our end of year wrap up is coming up. So please get that stuff into us. We would greatly appreciate it. We want to make you guys part of the uh, episode if we can. So uh, just let us know your favorite moments from the last year of the podcast. And, of course, you can tell us uh, your answer, to because of All Us Geeks, blank. And just let us know how uh, All Us Geeks interacts into your life. You can do that podcast at allusgeeks.com or use the contact form on allusgeeks.com or 1-952-236-GEEK. It's 1-952-236-4335, and you can leave us a voicemail. Maybe it'll get played. And again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we are. I'm not saying we aren't, but, uh, there could be prizes for doing the blank thing. You know, it could be. You never know. It could happen. It, stranger things have happened. So. Prize from the match made in heaven. Uh, oh, and real quick. <laughs> flashback. I want, I was going to, uh, mention this on the uh, top of the episode. Forgot to. So this is for all of you people that, uh, uh, listen mean, to the end. People? All you people. <laughs> All you people that listen to the end, we have talked about it. It's still in the works. We will, but uh, we are still going to do the episode for people that pledged uh, 25 or not. We actually started talking about a couple topics and stuff, and uh, I thought uh, we could even potentially do that off of the portable recorder or something sure, uh, to make it a little easier for both of us to get together, too. So uh, we are working on that. You will get that. We just don't know when. Holidays are right around the corner here, but uh, we'll make it happen. Maybe we will be recording on the 31st of December. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, I'm Jeff King. And I am the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Uh.
do that. I have to cut that. No, no. You cannot. <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess you can cut that. <laughs> you just made me sad. <laughs> Well, now you have to leave it in. <laughs> <laughs>